when my children were little, I was always amazed at all the safety protocols we had to follow just to get them into their car seats. Once they were finally in, they were fully constrained with five-point harnesses completely constraining their torso to the back of the seat. Their little toddler arms and legs could flail, but they were safely constrained. They weren't going anywhere. And it made those 12-hour long trips to Michigan and back quite uncomfortable for them as they were toddlers when their bodies are made just to squirm. But they were safely constrained in those car seats. When I was a kid, the only people who had seat belts like that were strapped to the top of a Saturn V rocket on their way to outer space. In fact, when I was a kid, our family car was a Volkswagen microbus. You remember those? Ours was orange on the bottom, bright orange, and white on top. My mom even made matching curtains that would, could be drawn on the inside for shade. Ask me how many seat belts were in the Volkswagen microbus. Two, one for my dad and one for my mom. The rest of us kids were just free to roam the cabin in the back. It's amazing, isn't it? How much has changed in just one generation from when I was a kid to now that I'm raising kids? We've become safety obsessed as a culture. I was in New York City last weekend bringing my nephew in to have dinner and see some of the sights, and we pulled up behind a New York City bus. And on the back of the bus was this bumper sticker, and it said, safety is our goal. Safety is our goal. And I looked at that, and I thought, New York City buses, safety is not your goal. Transporting New Yorkers is your goal. Transporting New Yorkers around the five boroughs to their workplaces and to their school and back to their apartment, that's actually your goal. Safety is important. But it's not your goal, if you think about it. If safety was your goal, you would park all those buses 24-7, keep them in the parking lot. That's the safest thing to do with buses is never use them. You know, sometimes I think in the church, somebody has slapped a bumper sticker right onto the sole of the church that says safety is our goal. And I think about that and I think, no, it's not. No, safety is important, but our goal is to know Christ and make him known. We have a mission in this world, and it's not safety. It's not comfort. In fact, sometimes when you follow Jesus, it's unsafe. It's true. We discover that in our scripture today, and we discover that sometimes God actually invites us into uncomfortable or even unsafe situations because he has something to show us there. He has something to show us in those places. So let's read about this in our scripture today. Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse 35. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. You know what this situation looks like to me? It looks pretty unsafe. The winds are whipping. The waves are coming over the edge of the boat. This was the first century. The boats weren't exactly luxury yachts. They were handmade out of wood. We learn later that the disciples think they could die in this storm. 
This is a pretty unsafe condition. But did you notice in verse 35? Who brought them into this storm? Let's look at it again. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let's go across to the other side. I think Jesus knew this storm was coming. This very same Jesus who a few verses later is going to speak authority over the wind and the waves. You don't think he knew that storm was coming? He invited the disciples to go across to the other side. They get in a boat. He starts taking a nap. He knows what's coming. Jesus himself led the disciples into unsafe conditions. Imagine that. You know, sometimes God leads us into situations. He says, let's go to the other side of this trial because I have things to teach you in it. And I have a mission I want you to go on with me. As many of you know, we have this really wonderful church plant in the south end of Stanford. And we're going to be expanding that initiative in the months and years to come. And I've had a number of people along the way pull me aside or call me up and say things like, so we're still doing that Stanford thing, huh? We're still on Pacific Street in the South End. Don't you know, Pastor, that that place is unsafe? That's an unsafe neighborhood? And I usually respond to those people and I say, well, yeah. That's why it needs a church on it. That's why we need to stay there. Imagine if every Christian worldwide only made decisions in their missional engagement based on what is safe. No, safety is not our goal. To know Christ and make him known is our goal. And God led us to the south end of Stanford, just like he led his disciples into that boat. Now, it might be hard even to hear this. It might be hard to imagine Jesus leading us into unsafety. We just heard about him last Sunday as the good shepherd who protects the flock from the threat of the enemy. And that is true, ultimately. That's what he's done for us on the cross. He has protected us from the ultimate threat of the enemy. But that doesn't mean that he keeps our physical safety and comfort as his number one goal everywhere we go. No, sometimes he wants to teach us things in it. Sometimes, though, when our situations get difficult, when our situations get uncomfortable, when our situations appear unsafe, we make the assumption that he's not a good shepherd, maybe even that he doesn't care about us. That's what the disciples assumed. In verse 38, let's read about it. Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care? that we are perishing. Can you picture it? Unsafe conditions. The wind is whipping. The waves are splashing over the side of the boat. They're wondering if they're even going to make it. And what's their leader doing? What's Jesus doing in the midst of the storm? He's taking a nap. He's sleeping. Can you see him there? Can you see the, the panic in the disciples' hearts? And they look at their leader, and he's sleeping on the job. And their assumption in that moment is that he doesn't care. And I think some of us make the same assumption. In the midst of trial, in the midst of difficulty, when our comfort or our security is stripped away, and God appears silent in those moments, we can be tempted to think, 
I guess he doesn't care about me. And that's what the disciples thought. You know, there's a lot of storms in our world. There's a lot to fear out there. And it appears oftentimes that God isn't speaking into those situations, that God isn't applying himself to our uncomfortable storms. I was thinking this week about some of the things that we fear. We often fear loss of comfort. Those of us with children can't help ourselves, but fearing for their safety, for their well-being. We have these maternal and paternal instincts that just kick in and we, we fear. Some of us fear our financial futures. I'm in that category. The Lord has shown me every season of my life that he supplies for my every need. Yet in my flesh, in my sinfulness, I go back to fear sometimes that he won't do it again in the future. I don't know if there's anyone else out there like me. Some of us lately fear conspiracy theories. I see this a lot on Facebook walls and sometimes people even email me. They're falling into these conspiracy theories, which really just peddle in fear that there are sinister forces pulling the strings in this world. Ultimately, though, I think most of us fear death, the uncertainty of death, the uncertainty of who will care for those we care for when we're gone, the uncertainty maybe of where we're going. Fear of death is huge. And is this scripture passage telling us that those things aren't actually scary? No. What the scripture passage ends up showing us is that when we fear those things, we're actually fearing the wrong thing. We're fearing the wrong thing. That's what Jesus shows us in the storm. It's what he showed the disciples. Let's read about it in verse 39. Jesus awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Now watch what happens next. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the waves obey him? See what happens here? They feared the waves. They feared the wind. They feared death. They feared their circumstance. They feared the unsafe conditions that they were in. And then they watched Jesus demonstrate his authority, his power over all those things that they had been fearing. And now it says they were filled with a great fear. That word great means wide or expansive. They were filled with an expansive fear of the one who had more power than the terribleness of the storm. Now they're filled with great fear. You know what it says in Proverbs? The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Not the fear of circumstances, not the fear of death. The fear of God is the 
beginning of wisdom. Once we have that fear in place, once we realize that there is a being who is more powerful than anything we've ever seen in the universe, now we fear him. We are in awe of him. Now we have wisdom to navigate all those situations that caused us fear before because we see a higher power. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And maybe you hear that and you think, yeah, but don't you know how awful it is in our world out there? These disciples endured a simple storm on a boat. It sounds like a rough evening for them, but don't you know there's a global pandemic going on right now? Don't you know people are dying? You know what Jesus said? In Luke chapter 12, he says this amazing thing. He knew that people were fearing death. They were fearing the loss of their life. And he said something very powerful to them. And I want us to hear it today as well. Jesus said, you fear the one who can take away your body, who could kill you in this life. You ought to fear the one who could send your soul to hell. That's who you should fear. And he's talking about himself. You see, there's something greater. There's a greater power. Even if a disease or a person took our life, took our physical life, there is a greater power who has control over what happens to our soul next. He can send our soul to heaven or to hell. That's who we ought to fear and be in awe of. And I want to say something about these conspiracy theories that some of you and many Christians are falling into right now. Actually, I don't want to say something about it. I want God to say something about it. He does. In Isaiah chapter 8, the people, the Israelites, they had been starting to believe some conspiracy theories about the Assyrians, their enemy neighbors. And here's what God says about believing these conspiracies. Isaiah 8 verse 12. Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy. And do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. And he will become a sanctuary. He will become a sanctuary. See what God is showing us here. It doesn't matter what the threats of this world are, what the things that we might fear, the wind and the waves might be whipping. There's a greater power that we can fear. And when we fear him... He becomes a sanctuary. He becomes our security. And when we are with him, we are secure in him, no matter what our circumstances are saying. I'm thinking of, a, of one of those cheesy action movies from the 1990s. It serves as a great illustration of this truth from God. Maybe you remember this movie, pretty forgettable, but I remember one scene. It was called Under Siege. The hero was Steven Seagal. Remember him? These action movies that he made. Under Siege took place on a battleship. And bad guys attacked the battleship and they're roaming all over the place. And Steven Seagal is out to defeat all the bad guys. And he has this female companion with him. She's unarmed and helpless, just kind of tagging along. And he turns to her at one point and he says, stay right here. And he takes off to go fight the bad guys. And he realizes not long thereafter that she's right behind him. She didn't stay. And he turns to her and he says, why didn't you stay where I told you you would be safe? And she says, the safest place on this boat is right behind you. Safest place on this boat 
is right behind you. And so it is with God. The storms are real. The bad guys are out there. The wind and the waves are whipping. But if we fear God, if we stay with him, he will give us wisdom to navigate all those things that used to cause us fear. We have to remember that sometimes God leads us into unsafety, into discomfort, because he wants to show us things there. Maybe he wants to show us our assumptions that we think he doesn't care if we feel unsafe. Maybe he wants to teach that us about ourselves. Maybe he wants to show us his authority, his power over all things. He reveals that about himself in the storm. Ultimately, he shows us that he has done for us what we can't do for ourselves. Jesus faced an unsafe mission. Jesus stripped away his personal safety when he left heaven's throne and came to earth to teach us, to show us the way, ultimately to be led to a place where he would be beaten and mocked and where he would be hung on the cross. How unsafe for him. Yet on the other side, on the other side of that was joy. On the other side of that was resurrection. On the other side of that was eternal life for you and for me. Jesus went into an unsafe condition and now he invites us sometimes into discomfort, even into unsafety because he wants to show us himself in those places. And when we fear him, when we fear him for who he is, when we worship him in awe, he becomes our sanctuary. We live in the sanctuary of his grace. He invites us to go on the other side, to see that. So church, safety is not our goal. Comfort's not our goal. Safety is (laughs) important, but it's not ultimately our goal. Our goal is to know him and to make him known. So come, let's go to the other side with him where he can show us who he is and who we are, and he can become our sanctuary. Amen.